How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I think the word that keeps popping into my head is unpredictable. There was very, very little we could have predicted about how this all played out today. No way that I think Atlanta United and Nashville would combine for four goals. Nobody had four goals. Didn't on the have that. Uh, I certainly did not have Atlanta United blowing a 2-0 lead at home uh, with 10 minutes plus stoppage to play. I don't think nope. anyone had that. Nope. Um, and, it, it go, it, look, it's a poor draw. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat. It, we'll get into explanations. We'll pick out the positives because there were positives. It's a poor draw. When you're leading 2-0 in the 80th minute at home in total control of the match or in apparent control of the match, got to see that out and win. You don't. It's uh, a 2-2 draw. And I, I think, again, Gary Smith, the Nashville manager, deserves a lot of credit. He nailed his subs. And when C.J. Sapong was introduced at about the hour mark, it was starting to unlock things in the final third for Nashville. Atlanta United was having trouble dealing with it. Uh, and boom, two goals by Mukhtar in the span of three minutes. And instead of cruising to three points and feeling very, very good about yourselves going into a three-week international break, now you're going to have three weeks to stew on this. The other thing that happened, too, was in the 71st minute when Dominique Baji came on for Jander Cadiz. That moved Hani Mukhtar out wide, and he became harder to deal with from that position. I don't think Atlanta United ever truly adjusted to Mukhtar playing out wide rather than as a second forward. When he was in the 4-4-1-1, Santiago Sosa stayed with him everywhere. When he went out wide, he drifted all over the field. No one was really staying with him as a dedicated defender. That was an issue. Gary Smith, when he made his changes, he forced Atlanta to have to react to where people are going to be in different positions, they did not. So, glass half full, Atlanta United unbeaten in their last five across all competitions. Yeah, these things are real. Like, they're, they're not made up. Atlanta United doesn't lose this game. It feels like it because they lost two points. But it is a result. They did play very well. There are lots of things you're going to take out of this if you're Gabriel Heinze and point to to say this is what we need to do. We need to play this way. We need to continue to play this way. And then you have to point out the last 10, 15 minutes and say, this is what we don't do. Right. This cannot continue. When the opponent makes changes, 
reactions have to be there. Well, uh, like in Seattle last week, Atlanta United left the stadium feeling a lot better about the result than Seattle. Nashville will leave the stadium this afternoon here in Atlanta feeling a lot better about the result than Atlanta United. The statistical recap is brought to you by Piedmont, an official healthcare partner of Atlanta United. Shots ended up 14 to 12 Nashville. Nashville had 10 shots of the second half to Atlanta United's four. Each side with five shots on target. Possession was 62 to 38 in favor of Atlanta United. The corners were 5-1 Atlanta United. Atlanta United conceded 12 fouls. Nashville conceded 11. The duels were 50-50. Each team won 46 duels. Atlanta United passed at 89%. Nashville passed at 78%. The key passes were 9-8 Nashville. That's the statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, an official health care partner of Atlanta United. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here as we wait for Heinze to get to the podium. One more in a moment. We'll have the man of the match and the highlights. And uh, as soon as Heinze comes to the podium, we'll break out of commercial to bring that to you. Atlanta United and Nashville play to a 2-2 draw here on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, Heinze is at the podium, Atlanta United, and Nashville play to a 2-2 draw. Were there, in your opinion, defensive breakdowns on Nashville's two goals, or was it just good plays by Nashville? Sí, completamente. No sé si errores, pero sí de Santa no estar atento a lo que a lo que a lo a la situación. I'm not sure if they, they were mistake yet, but uh, they were not paying attention to the to the action or to the play. And are you are you satisfied with uh, the offense today? Two goals, lots of chances created, lots of shots on goal against a very tough Nashville defense. Partido de fútbol es todo. No se puede analizar por parte. Like a, a football game is that you cannot analyze by different parts. I think you need to, to analyze the, the whole context. Yo tengo una forma de sentir esto que que es eh, que es todo. And I, the, the way I feel the, this game is to, to analyze the the whole game. Se puede ganar de muchas maneras y evitando si defendes mal o atacas bien. You can, you can play games the different way. You can be attacking well and defending bad. Pero eso vas a, esos resultados van a ser muy pocos. But the, the results are not going to appear often. Y creo que se debe, se debe hacer de las dos partes eh, un buen trabajo para tener una victoria. And I think you need to work uh, both in both parts to, to be able to win a game. Next, we will go to Joe Patrick. Joe, go ahead. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Gabriel, after a game like this, when your team is the better team for most of it, but obviously you, you let the points slip away, what is the message to the players? What do you tell them after a game like this? Lo que le digo a mis jugadores en el vestuario de mi parte siempre quedará para para mí. What I tell my players inside the locker room is something that they keep inside. 
sí que, que creo que, que debemos eh, pensar que, que los partidos hasta, hasta el último minuto hay posibilidad de las dos partes. Also, what we need to think is till the end, uh, till the end of the game, there are chances for both sides. Sí, que el, que verdad que el equipo en, en la gran mayoría eh, ha sido ha sido mejor que el rival. Uh, it's true that the, the team was better for most of the game. Pero esos minutos donde no pudimos estar serenos, eh, este, el fútbol te da te da estas cosas. But this moment where we're not, we were not calm. Uh, is what uh, food will bring you back. Okay, uh, that might be it. Uh, so that's Heinze. I did not understand uh, the translation. Joe, back to uh, you. We're, we're good, we're good. Uh, I did not understand the translation of his first answer. I don't know if you did on... Uh, the question about the the breakdown of the two Nashville goals. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't 100% clear. Hold, hold on, Jason. Let's get your mic turned on here. It wasn't 100% clear on, on that. I, I think the gist of, of what Gabriel Heinze was, was saying is that, you know, it, it's a collective, and it, it's not just a defensive breakdown on the goals, isolating this player made one mistake and that cost everything. And when we've gone back and looked at the two goals, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen. The second goal, it's a deflected shot that falls to Mukhtar. Now he's in space, but it's also a deflection that falls to him. It wasn't a pass. It wasn't anything like that. The first goal's well worked, and it looked like Eric Lopez was struggling to keep up. He's also being forced to defend deep. It is a collective. And look, Gabriel Heinze has made this very clear. The attack has to defend. The defenders have to be able to attack. And I think today we saw with Miles Robinson's ball over the top to Marcelino Moreno, we saw that part very well. But at the end, the last part that, that Gabriel Heinze said that we heard is, is what sticks with me about explaining what happened at the end. They, they lost the ability to be calm in those moments, and it got frantic, and it didn't need to get frantic. You know, we were talking about it around the 75th minute. Atlanta was stringing passes together. They were knocking the ball around. Santiago Sosa was being that fulcrum in the midfield. Great. Then when they conceded the first one, it got frantic. It didn't need to get frantic. Nothing had really changed. It's one play where Atlanta United was outplayed in a sequence. I think Eric Lopez was tired. I think he struggles in those moments where he has to defend deep. It's a different position than he's accustomed to when he played in Paraguay, when he played up top. So mistake happens. Okay. That's, you, can, you can deal with that. Atlanta United did not deal with it well, and they didn't handle the situation well, and they lost that ability to be calm in that moment. That's the biggest takeaway from what Gabriel Heinze said to me. The, the translation that I've seen on Twitter is, quote, I'm not sure if there were mistakes yet, but they weren't paying attention to the play. Uh, we're going to play the four goals for you in a moment. We'll go through all four of them in the highlights. Uh, if any additional Atlanta United players come to the podium, we'll um, – We'll definitely bring that to you. Let's start with the man of the match, though, brought to you by Heineken. Awfully hard to deny a man who had a goal and an assist that uh, title today. And uh, that'll go to Marcelino Moreno, who scored his third goal of the year and had a secondary assist on the goal by Eric Lopez later in the game. Yeah, three misplaced passes for Marcelino Moreno. He won all three of his dribbling duels. He, he had a well-taken goal and he had a well-taken run that created the opportunity on the second goal. Marcelino Moreno 
was outstanding today. So he is the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. Let's go right to the highlights, and here was that Moreno goal to get everything opened up in the sixth minute for Atlanta United. It's intercepted by Godoy, but then taken right back by Walks. Here's Moreno dribbling across the halfway line. Moreno is in behind Godoy now, coming down the left wing. Playing it ahead to George Bello in the near corner. Bellows Score! Eric Lopez! A cross by George Bello. That's flicked in by Eric Lopez to double the Atlanta United lead to 2-0 in the 52nd minute. All I can say is, what the heck was that? Because <laughs> that certainly was not the Marcelino Moreno goal. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but you, you heard the end of the Eric Lopez goal to make it tuna. I have no idea how that happened. Moreno was uh, involved in both. He was, he was involved in both. Um, okay, let's see then if we can try to describe what happened with the Moreno goal. It, it's probably a 50-yard ball at mm-hmm. least by Robinson, right? And mm-hmm. Uh, it just it kind of lands right on the boots of Moreno, who is in traffic but is still able to put it uh, almost grazing the right shin of Joe Willis and into the net. Yeah, well, the, the first touch from Moreno is what creates everything because he's able to beat the defender but also take the ball just a little wide to give him an angle. That gets Willis really mixed up on his footwork, and then Moreno is able, as he's kind of falling away, to put the shot past Willis. It's a great goal, but the ball from Robinson over the top, that's what he has added to his locker over these last couple of years. And and Miles Robinson, when he can do that and defend as well as he does, he's a world-class center back. Okay, we heard fragments of the goal that made it 2-0 to Atlanta United, the Eric Lopez goal. Uh, let's go through that one now because that started with a, a long – uh, ball by Moreno and not exactly uh, sure yeah. on the yardage. I'll go back. I'll go back further because Anton Walks had a pass that was a, a bad decision and it came right back down their throat and Walks stepped in, won the ball back and then played Moreno into space. Moreno took off on a run and, and he just outran everybody. He drew the defenders to him, slipped it out wide to Bello, perfectly weighted ball. Bello puts in the cross and Eric Lopez made a long run from the right flank where he is stretching the field wide in that buildup all the way across to the near post, the opposite post from where he started from, and he has just a deft outside of the right foot finish. Uh, so it was Moreno getting his first assist, Bello his first assist, and Lopez his debut goal for Atlanta United. That also was the hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. And we were feeling good. Atlanta United up 2-0. Felt like they were in pretty good shape. Uh, and then the 80th minute came and Nashville broke down Atlanta United and burned them for two goals. Both were by Hani Mukhtar. Here's the first in the 81st minute. Now it is Lovitz dribbling off the far touchline to the edge of the 18. Poked away from him by Eric Lopez, then sent back through to Romney. Cross the top of the 18. Mukhtar shot score. And Atlanta United now has some work to do as they have given up a goal in the 81st minute. Uh, any additional thoughts on that goal? Yeah, Lopez struggles to defend as Lovitz gets forward. And Daniel Lovitz is a very good attacking left back. Brooks Lennon was also beaten by Hani Mukhtar, who got a touch to get away from Lennon. 
to then put the shot in. Lennon had stayed with Mukhtar, which was the right thing to do, but he lost the 1v1 at that point because of the good work from Lovitz out wide. And then this was the equalizer two minutes later that uh, ensured Nashville would get out of here with a point. Nashville has it, 45 yards from goal. It's Johnston bouncing this down the near touchline. It goes to C.J. Sapong around Anton Walks to the top of the 18. Here's a shot that's blocked. The rebound to Mukhtar. Score! We're tied! Atlanta United breaking down here. And uh, from there, it would end 2-2. Now, I want to be clear on one point uh, before we go to break. Atlanta United was not trying to see this out at 2-2 and not go for the third goal. And, in fact, there might have been a case for a penalty right at the end. In fact, there were a couple incidents, uh, two in the second half, as a matter of fact, where uh, Atlanta United might have had a penalty shout. But – uh, the ambition did not stop for Atlanta United after giving up the second goal. It did feel like Nashville was maybe a little more content with the draw after that, understandably, because they were down 2-0. They 100% were content with the draw. Atlanta was not. Atlanta wasn't content with just having two on the board the whole time. And, and you could say that that is something that led to Atlanta conceding goals, was they didn't just shut things down at 2-0 and decide to see it out. That didn't happen. They decided to keep trying to go for the third goal. That second goal, the one that ends up getting the point for Nashville, it's a good ball down the right side. C.J. Sapong beats Anton Walks with a cutback, but then everyone collapsed on the ball, and that left Mukhtar and Baji 1v1 with Robinson. Robinson blocks the initial shot, but the block goes right to Mukhtar, who's wide open. He was, he was left alone. That time Lennon left him, and Mukhtar puts it away. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total is currently $4,000. We'll come back and take your questions and comments on Twitter. Send them at Mike Conti 929 and at Longshoe. And we'll have more of the full-time report after this as Atlanta United and Nashville play to a 2-2 draw on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United giving up two late goals to settle for a 2-2 draw against Nashville. George Bellow now at the podium. There's a lot of emotions for sure because, I mean, you go through the game thinking that you're playing well, the team's going well, and then that happens. So, I mean, results like that, even though we tied, for me at least, I'm sure for a lot of the guys it feels like a loss. But, I mean, uh, we have to keep going. Uh, it's in the past now. Uh, we have a break, so we have to regroup and just get ready to uh, keep going. The season just still early in the season, so it's going to move on from it. Doug, go ahead. George, in your opinion, what do you all need to, to kind of focus on in these next two weeks to start earning more free points instead of the, the draws that uh, kind of keep happening? Um, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't really say anything any specific, but just keep working as a team, keep building that chemistry. Um, obviously, we have some new players, some new, co- new coaching staff. So, I mean, we're not going to be able to be perfect right away, and no one is perfect. So, I mean, we're going to do what any other team should do and just keep working, keep trying to better ourselves in any way we can. But I can't really say any specifics right now. Joe, go for it. 
George, it seemed like when the team was in possession today, there was a little bit more just longer passing, you know, either vertically or, or on the diagonals. Um, was that part of the plan going in specifically, or was that just kind of something that naturally happened? Yeah, I mean, we knew we knew they're uh, an aggressive team. If we try to like play into the uh, middle channels, and they would like to press that, so I mean, we, we were able to exploit those long balls, either whether it be out wide or just through the middle, like Miles did in his assist. So yeah, that worked out pretty well, and I mean, I thought we did pretty well for the most part, except for those last ten minutes. And like I said, uh, we can't keep our heads on it, or else we'll just go downhill from there. We just got to keep moving and try to better ourselves and. Uh, have this little break, clear our heads a little bit, and come back even stronger. Doug, back to you. Just unmute yourself. Hey, George, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, on your assist, could you see Eric Lopez making that run, or were you simply just trying to put the ball into a, a good spot? Uh, I saw him making a run from the far post. It was a great run. Uh, I knew I obviously, and also knew I had to get it in because that was really my only option. Uh, Marcel played a pretty good ball down the line. I knew how to whip it. And uh, I knew they'd be expecting me probably to try to like lift it to maybe Joseph or something, but I just tried to whip it in near post. And obviously it was a great finish from Eric. Uh, better finish than assist for sure. So I'm happy for him. George Bello, who assisted on that Eric Lopez goal that put Atlanta United up 2-0, his first assist of the season. But Atlanta United gives up two late goals to settle for a 2-2 draw to Nashville. We'll have more of the full-time report in a moment on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Disappointing 2-2 draw this afternoon for Atlanta United against Nashville. Eric Lopez now downstairs at the podium. Just a bellhouse is translated. Fue una sensación muy linda en poder marcar mi primer gol con con esta camiseta y en este estadio fue la verdad asombroso y creo que una de las cosas que que voy a llevar conmigo siempre en toda mi vida. Thank you very much. Um, it was a, a beautiful feeling to score my first goal for Atlanta United. And it felt amazing to do it in this stadium. Um, so it's something that I'll always remember with me, or I'll always remember for the rest of my life. Doug Robertson, go ahead. Uh, congrats, Eric. It looked like you hit the, or you took the shot with your, with your right heel or off the side of your right foot. Is that correct? And if so, how many goals have you scored with your right heel? <laughs> Otra vez felicidades y dice que parece que marcaste con el tacón de tu pie derecho, si es cierto. Y cuántos goles has marcado con pues, esa parte de, de, de tu pie. Muchas gracias. En, creo que mi primer gol de tacón en, en, mi, en mi carrera. Y nada, creo que, que George, George me puso la pelota justa, me quedó para a esa altura y, y nada, no la pensé dos veces y, y la acomodé con el pie a, a como venía la pelota. I think that's the first back heel goal that I've scored in my career. But George Bello played in a perfect ball and it came to me at that height. So I just, I played it, um, you know, how I could, the way that the ball was coming in. Joe Patrick. Eric, what was what's your opinion on the way that the team played and attacked today? And then for you personally, you 
to me, you looked like you were playing with more freedom, more confidence than you had. Is that kind of the the correct? Am I am I am I assessing this correctly? In tu opinión, qué qué piensas de la manera de que el ataque jugó hoy? Y si dice que es, parece que estabas jugando con más libertad, si es cierto, si estás de acuerdo con su punto de vista. Claro, claro, sí, estoy de acuerdo. Creo que, que, que fue mi quinto partido, cuarto partido consecutivo. Y cada vez me estoy soltando, me estoy soltando más. Creo que, que con, con la ayuda de, de los compañeros, del cuerpo técnico, un jugador joven se... Se, se puede soltar mejor y, y nada, la verdad que hoy, hoy estuvimos bien, lastimosamente el resultado no nos acompañó, pero, pero nada, creo que hay que seguir trabajando, que, que el camino es largo. I agree with you. This is my fifth game, I think, uh, with the team. So uh, each game I'm, I'm able to play a little bit more freely and that's just thanks to you know, my teammates and the coach um, having that confidence in me. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to, to get the result that we wanted today. Um, it's just couldn't get the result that we wanted, but um, you know we're still still working to improve. While Eric Lopez was speaking downstairs, we have been repeatedly shown replays of his goal up here in the broadcast booth, and it, every time I see a replay of it, it looks even better and better. That was a really, really delicate finish by Eric Lopez on a good cross by George Bello. So Eric Lopez opens his MLS account for Atlanta United. That put Atlanta United up 2-0, but they give up two late goals to settle for a 2-2 draw to Nashville. We'll come back with your questions and comments. Keep sending them in at MyConti929. And at Longshoe, we'll have more of the full-time report after this on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, Atlanta United and Nashville playing to a 2-2 draw this afternoon. We certainly did not predict four goals in this match combined and four in the uh, the run of play, too, an open play. No way would I have thought that. I also would not have thought Atlanta United would blow a 2-0 lead uh, in the 80th minute at home. That is what happened. Disappointing draw. No way to sugarcoat it. It's a disappointing draw. Uh, let's get to your questions and comments now on Twitter. And Ben Gibson says, definitely a draw that feels like a loss. Did not adjust well to Sapong and Nashville's changes. Still, lots of positives to take away. And things are coming together on attack. Miles with those deep bomb passes is awesome. And he believes the runs were much better, too. Yeah, the attack was much better. And, and this is what had been you know, building for Atlanta United. They did this against a very, very good defensive team that hadn't conceded in over 400 minutes coming in. You know, it's it's a mixed bag, and that's what's frustrating about it maybe more than anything. It's easy when you're breaking down a game where it's one team completely outplays the other team. That's not the case here. Atlanta United outplayed Nashville for a larger portion than Nashville outplayed Atlanta, but Atlanta was poor in the moments where they needed to be, especially after conceding the first goal. We've watched that second goal multiple times here in the booth, and there's a, a breakdown on a lot of different fronts where Matt LaGrasse gets forward and has a clean shot at the top of the 18 where multiple players are crashing to try to prevent that shot, which then leads to Mukhtar being wide open on the backside when he fought, he gets a deflection <laughs> off of the shot. So there's a, it's a kind of a comedy of things going on at that point. 
that's the issue is that the the focus seemed to drop after conceding the first goal. The first goal is well worked. It's a well worked goal from Nashville. They're capable of that. They're a good team. And that's the other thing I think that also has to be remembered is it's it's very easy for these kinds of things to happen against good teams. Yes. And Nashville is a good team. Yes, they are. Now, that's a great point. In fact, Christopher Gersel says, for the first 80 minutes of the match, that was Atlanta's best performance of the season. I agree with that, by the way. I mean, the Complete, first half against yes. Philadelphia is probably in there as well. But, no, they played very well for the first 80 minutes. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Yep. Uh, and he says it's so frustrating to see it melt away in such a short amount of time. And it is. That's true as well. And mm-hmm. I think you sense the frustration. The Heinze sounded very, very despondent afterwards. You heard George Bellow's comments. Um, it – it's exhilarating when you get one late to pull a draw, mm-hmm. especially when you're on the road. It's really, really deflating when it goes down in this way. In fact, I'm trying to remember the last time that Atlanta United conceded multiple goals right at the end. Not one, but multiple goals to drop points. And I keep coming back to that god-awful night in Dallas on the 4th of July yeah. in 2018 uh, where Teshuak and Delhi scored two goals, one to equalize and then one to win it when it looked like Atlanta United – uh, was on the verge of seeing that match out. Yeah, it's it's what can happen when at you team when your team plays in the manner that Atlanta United does, and this is something that we've talked about throughout the the Gabriel Heinze era. You know, he is going to play wide open. He is not going to close things down to, just to get a result at home. He he's not going to sit back and defend, and they're going to always look for the next goal. And Atlanta consistently looked for the third goal. They didn't get it. And when you don't against a team like Nashville who takes advantage of their opportunities, they don't need a lot of the ball to create those opportunities, they can punish you. And Atlanta has to be, and they've showed a lot of mental strength up until this point. They didn't show it today. They they didn't show it after that goal, that breakdown, and it's something we're going to have to go and look at deeper because it's not just one player. You know, Brooks Lennon is not with Mukhtar, who he was defending. But Brooks Lennon is trying to close down LaGrasa, who's taking a shot, and has a wide-open look. Was it Heinemann? Was it Ibarra? Who didn't track back? Did they have to pick up somebody else? How did things fall apart to have that happen? Because that cross from Sapong, after beating Walks out wide, shouldn't have ended up with that dangerous of a chance. Okay, conversation going on here. Shiva's in it. Kevin from Charlotte's in it. Uh, let's start with the, the question from Shiva. Do you think Heinze made the right subs to see this game out? Now, we've been talking about this in the booth. Kevin says, yes, what changes would you have made? There really feels like there was only one possibility, and I'm still not sure it was the right move. Uh, This is what I suggest, and Jason, uh, tell me if you agree, that, um, well, first let me start with this. I don't know if this is aligned necessarily with how Heinze wanted to see this one out up to nil. Uh, by the time Mukhtar scored the first goal, it was too late to, to get someone in before the second. It right. happened too quick. Right. I'm wondering if, though, there was a thought to bring on Alan Franco for like a third true center back mm-hmm. and maybe taking Eric Lopez out of the match because, to me, it looked like both Lopez and Brooks Lennon were a little bit winded at the end of the match. I might be totally wrong. Uh, but to me, if you're going to make a change in that spot, that might be the only one you can make. 
So let, let's play that one out for a second. If Lopez is pulled off, and I agree, I think Lopez was very tired at the end. He was beaten badly on the on the Daniel Lovitz cross that ended up creating goal number one. So if Lopez is pulled out for Franco, that pulls Sosa back into the midfield. Sosa and Ibarra would be your two central midfielders. Bello would be on the left side of the midfield. Brooks Lennon would be on the right. That's your three in the back, then your four, then your three up top would be Barco on one side, Joseph, and you'd have to throw Emerson Hindman out wide. Um, I think Hindman's a smart enough player to be able to do it in that moment. He'd probably still pinch in a little bit more than you'd like to see that position go. But that would then keep the width to try to keep Lovitz and Johnston honest, and that's what you, you want to do by having those wide players. Doable, but not comfortable. I think the most comfortable thing to have done in that situation would have, bring, would have been to bring on Ronald Hernandez um, and have either Lennon or Hernandez play higher where Lopez was. But I think it shows that the trust is not there yet in Ronald Hernandez because he wasn't brought in here. And really, there wasn't another option. Um, Jackson Conway, that's not a place for him to play out wide on the right. Uh, Kubo Torres, not wide on the right. You could have brought on Mikey Ambrose, who maybe there would have been more trust, but he's a left-sided player. That would have been awkward for him. Again, I think he's a smart enough player and can handle it. He did in Monterey and leg one of the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinals, but it's not a natural position for him. Um, those were the options. I don't think a sub was necessary. I do think that the team needed to be more secure once Sapong and especially Baji came on. The Sapong sub was one thing. The Baji one is what really changed it. The first one moved Mukhtar out wide. That was okay. It was when Baji came on and it was Sapong and Baji up top, two true forwards with Mukhtar wide in a free roll. That was where Atlanta needed to defend deeper with three center backs. And I don't think they ever truly got their heads around on that. Daniel Price says, very reminiscent of the late draws with Tata at the helm. Some mm -hmm. good goals from Moreno and Lopez. Very good. Nashville is good at the dark arts, unfortunately, and defensively it was good until the last 10. Mm, the dark arts thing's a little overplayed. I mean, they, they wasted some time at the very end. Uh, Baji was actually banged up, but he was trying to waste more time as well by taking the longest route possible to get off the field. Stuff like that. The time wasting from Mukhtar in the corner. He was laughing. He didn't even do it very effectively. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's, that's the situation at that point. But Atlanta has to be able to learn from this. And, and yes, Gabriel Heinze has to learn from this. He has to learn how his players react in these situations, who he can trust in these situations, and who maybe isn't the right player to be on the field in these situations. You have to go through them. And it does feel like the early days of Tata Martino. It feels like the early days of Frank DeBoer, the early days for Steven Glass, where you've got managers who are getting to know what their players do in pressure pack situations. You can have training sessions all day, every day. It's not the same pressure. You have to see how players react. And one thing that I take away here, as good as Eric Lopez was in the attack and as well taken as his goal was, it's not a fluky goal. It's a very well taken goal. He struggled defensively in a moment where he needed to be better defensively against Daniel Lovitz. So is he a player maybe in those moments he does need to come off and you have to rearrange things a little bit? Maybe that's something that you take away at this stage. Okay, three more. First from Bear Ellis. He says it's standard to bunker late with a two-goal lead. No, it's not. Bear says yes. No, it's Jason not. Jason says no. It's not standard to do it. Some managers will. Some managers won't. It is not standard to do it. Pep Guardiola doesn't do it. 
he goes on to say that Lennon and Bello were too far forward. Lennon appeared to be out of position position for both goals. To be fair, he's been no. running his butt off all game. No, he he was not out of position on the first. The first one he was beaten. There's a difference. The first one he was there. Mokhtar got to the ball first, took a touch wide of him. He was there. He wasn't out of position. Second one, we watched it because that was my first reaction too. He is away from Mukhtar. That part is accurate, but he is closing down a shot from the top of the 18 that was wide open. He had to try to close that down. I don't have a fault with him stepping there. Bello wasn't really involved in either one. They weren't really on his side at all. Walks was the one defending Sapong. That's not Bello's man because it's man-to-man. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's something I, I, I think is known at this point. Atlanta United is going to play defensively man-to-man. Walks is with Sapong, not Bello. Bellows further up the field because that's he's trying to push the field that way and from an attacking perspective, but also his mark is not there. Sapong was walks. Sapong got the cross in by walks. Uh, Bear concludes by saying avoidable mistakes are hurting us every single game. Look, uh, here's the thing that I think people have to understand. Uh, Gabriel Heinze is not going to bunker. Gabriel Heinze is not going to close things out, and this is what people said they wanted because Frank DeBoer would do that. Frank DeBoer would sit and defend. Frank DeBoer would start in a more defensive posture, and he would tell you that. That is the way that he saw the game. He tried to do a lot of the same concepts that Gabriel Heinze does, the possession, working the ball to the sides, being patient, creating space. The spacing is very similar. But Frank DeBoer, coming from more of a defensive mindset, would defend deeper. Gabriel Heinze is not going to defend deeper. He is not going to betray his coaching DNA in those situations. He would rather go for goal number three to put the game away than to try to hold on to what he has. That is something that people said, and and Bear might have or might not have. I don't know. But that is something a lot of people said they wanted in the managerial choice and celebrated when that hire was made. Gabriel Heinze hasn't done anything outside of his personality from what we've seen. This is what we expected. Kevin says, here's a hot take. If Atlanta doesn't score so early, they would have had a better chance of winning. Possession game plan was kind of thrown to the side, and it was full speed ahead. It did change. That, that's that's accurate. It did change. I mean, you don't want to not score early if you, you can help it, but it, the game did change, and Nashville has to get a lot of credit for changing with the game because they did adapt more than maybe they would have. If it had stayed tight, up until that 60th minute. Maybe they don't then bring on Sapong at that point. Maybe they don't go to two up top at that point, which gave Atlanta problems. I thought Gary Smith got the lineup wrong to start. Playing 4-4-1-1 made it easier for Atlanta to play their game. But when they went to two up top, you saw that Atlanta had more struggles in that situation. That is a good adjustment from Gary Smith. The game changed with the early goal, and it really changed with the subs more than anything, which – that somewhat was related to the two goals early. And then this one finally from Nick Toole. He says, it was good to feel happy and then be let down rather than feeling negative the whole time. <laughs> true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you do see that. Uh, he says, we're moving in the right direction, and we got over the multiple goals on today. Look, again, yeah, I, I mean, Atlanta United played very, very well for the first 75 minutes mm-hmm. of this match, and um, that that can't be voided because of what happened in the final 15. That that does not uh, erase what happened in the first 75 minutes. I, right. I, again, believe that in the first 75 minutes today, 
that's right up there with the best Atlanta United has looked. Not just this year. I think you would probably have to go pretty deep into the 2020 season, maybe back to the, the D.C. match that they won 4-0. I'll go uh, further back than that. I, I will go to the Matagua game second leg in Kennesaw mm -hmm. where yeah. they looked really complete and in control because that D.C. team was bad, and Atlanta played well, but D.C. was bad. Um, Matag was not at the same level, but Atlanta controlled the game and played well. We've seen game we've seen games this season, and I think it's it, there is a difference. Atlanta's controlled the majority of games and the majority of the play this season, period. But they haven't been dangerous with the control. They were dangerous today with the control. That's a different level. They did the things from a a, a soccer principles standpoint of the way they want to play. They did those very very well. They created space. They opened space. They ran into the space. Those things were very good. There were more goals on the table for Atlanta. They really needed one more to put this game away. Nashville showed that they're not going to go away quietly in these situations. And so come on the road and get a result like this. That's a huge boost for Gary Smith's team that is still undefeated, even though they've got a number of draws in that mix. They are still undefeated, and they're going to be a problem in the Eastern Conference because they are good defensively, and they've got a couple different ways to play and can cause teams different problems in those configurations it's it's gonna this eastern conference is gonna be tough yeah and these teams will meet again relatively soon mm -hmm. uh july 8th up in nashville and then they'll play again at the end of august here at mercedes-benz stadium in another 330 kickoff so uh this is only the first of three meetings and um if if they're like this one today, I think we're going to be entertained. We might not always be satisfied, but we were certainly entertained today. So, again, 2-2, a draw between Atlanta United and Nashville. We'll take a break, and then we'll look ahead to this three-week international break for Atlanta United right after this on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Okay, so a 2-2 draw, Atlanta United and Nashville this afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, three weeks off. Uh, not all three weeks will be totally off. It's not like one, two, three, Hilton Head, and everyone's going to go no. uh, away for a week or two. Uh, let's start with this, because I know the international call-up situation has been confusing to some. Barco has been called up for some U23 friendlies mm -hmm. for Argentina doesn't mean the club has to allow him to do that. No. But that gets complicated because if the player wants to go, you got to consider that. Um, at the end of this window, you're going to be starting to look at some Gold Cup situations here, uh, which could potentially put into play a George Bellow, uh, a Miles Robinson, um, a Brooks Lennon, potentially even mm -hmm. a Brad Guzan, potentially. Uh, then you have the situation with Venezuela. Uh, and Joseph Martinez. So I, I think it's safe to assume that some players are going to be called up. Their exact identity and for how long remains to be seen. Yeah, it's going to get complicated because you have in South America, let's, let's start there, the Ezekiel Barco one, U23 friendlies, any youth national team game, even youth national team World Cups, there is no obligation for clubs to release players. Uh, Ezekiel Barco was able to go 30 minutes today. Looked fine. I didn't see any issues, but where's his fitness level? I would assume that if he goes, because he's not going to miss any games here, 
if he goes, there would probably be some form of a minutes restriction or request or, or however that would look. And he is in contention for Argentina's Olympic team. And, and the Olympics appear to be happening, and he would probably go and miss time later because it seems like Atlanta would let him go for the Olympics. Okay. Then you get into World Cup qualifiers, which are coming up first in South America. Joseph Martinez and Ronald Hernandez, I think, are both in the mix for Venezuela. Uh, they could be called in for those games that will be starting very soon. They could be leaving almost immediately to join up with the team if they are selected for those games. Those games are expected to go ahead. The Copa America is right after that, and they are on the preliminary roster for that. They could be part of that roster, but that is extremely complicated because it was originally going to be co-hosted by Colombia and Argentina. Now it is all going to be in Argentina. Argentina shut down their domestic competition last week. They are expected to have the semifinals of their Copa de la Liga on Monday and the final on Friday ahead of the World Cup qualifiers. But Argentina is also dealing with some of their worst issues with COVID since the pandemic started. There is a movement that is seemingly gathering steam of the Copa America being moved to the United States to get it completed and get it played. That could affect how this goes. Um, the Gold Cup is later. It probably would not come into play until after MLS has restarted for any of those call-ups because you're not going to have a long camp, for example. But there is the potential for George Bellow, Miles Robinson, Brooks Lennon especially to be called. And I don't know if Brad Kazan would. I think they'd probably look at younger goalkeepers in that tournament, which will be a little bit of a B team. But that's a lot of players that could be kind of moving in and out first over this gap of time with the international break, and then once you get back into play, there could be guys who are still missing or guys who are there at the beginning of when you return to play and then leave later. It's a complicated summer worldwide right now. It's especially complicated for teams in Major League Soccer. And we don't necessarily know what the schedule is going to be as far as training and everything for Atlanta United. I would assume they're probably going to give the players a couple days off at least, but we don't know exactly um, – how many and for how long and when the team will be recalled and all of that. I'm sure they would very much like for the players to stay in town if possible uh, yeah. during the current worldwide situation. But, again, we, we just don't know. Uh, when the international break ends, though, it'll be three weeks from tomorrow. Philadelphia Union here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta United's already played them twice in the CONCACAF Champions League. Lost 3-0 here. Deceptive scoreline. 1-1 draw up in Philadelphia. Um certainly more even match than the one that was played here in Atlanta. Uh, and then on top of everything, you have the comments that Jim Curtin lobbed towards Gabriel Heinze. So uh, bottom line, in less than 60 seconds, what do you think Atlanta United needs the most out of the next three weeks? Uh, continued work on rotations, both offensively and defensively. It's going to be hard to do that under pressure, and that's going to be tested against a really good Philadelphia team. But those rotations that we saw look really good at times today that broke down towards the end, that has to continue to be refined. And then once you get into the week ahead of Philadelphia, then you start really game planning. But before that, it's going to be about what Atlanta wants to do, and I think a lot of it is the rotations on and off the ball. It will be almost like a second training camp because mm -hmm. when this team convened on February 24th, it was a pretty tight turnaround at the start of the CONCACAF Champions League. So, look, Atlanta United, again, 
They've only lost twice in 11 competitions in league play. They have results in five out of six. It's a lot of draws. It's a disappointing draw this afternoon, but it certainly could be a lot worse. Our producer today was Garrett Chapman, our engineer Miller Pope. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Once again, Atlanta United and Nashville play to a 2-2 draw. We will see you three weeks from tomorrow for Atlanta United and Philadelphia Union on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.